What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted, the show that brings you professionals from all walks of life, touching on their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition, while providing you practical tips that might help you on your path. I'm your host, two-time Olympian, Olympic bronze medalist, author, and motivational speaker, Akeem Haynes. Now, let's get into the episode. This week on the show, my guest, she's one of the fastest women ever in her event, which was the 100-meter hurdles. She has a personal best of 12.35 seconds. That is skating, especially if you know those times in the track and field world. She's a multiple-time All-American from the University of Louisiana, now a mother and owner of TJ's Health Bar, which is a healthy Caribbean-style meal prep company in florida this week my guest is jasmine I mean, I had a great conversation with jasmine a lot of changes has been happening in her life since she stepped away from the sport of track and field including a meal prep business with her fiance and of course motherhood those that have followed jasmine's journey throughout the years you know what she's been able to do on the track she's one of the best in her discipline to ever do it but if you have not seen or heard from her in a while, then this episode will give you some more insight into what she's been up to, what she's doing, and most importantly, show you a different side of Jasmine that you may not be accustomed to when you've seen her on TV. In this episode, we talk about her adjustments to motherhood, balancing being a mom and entrepreneurship. We talk about TJ's health bar, the ups and downs at LSU, how taking her nutrition seriously showed her results on the track how she stays positive during challenging times, why a professional track and field career was, wasn't the initial plan. She literally said, I'm going to give it two years and see what happens. We talk about transition from a collegiate athlete to a professional athlete, how she built resilience, and so much more. Jasmine doesn't really do too many interviews, so I was grateful that she took the time to jump on and share with what she's been up to, her mindset, and a lot of the things that she has been working towards. She's got a great story and perspective on how she navigates through it all. So with all that being said, you definitely don't want to miss this week's episode with Jasmine before, But before you dive into the episode, do me a huge favor. Head to Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Chartable.com, and just leave a rating and review of the show. This small act truly goes a long way in moving the podcast forward. Also, if you would like to watch the visual episode of the podcast, you can find the options in the description of the show notes below. So with all that being said, enjoy the episode with Jasmine, Jasmine. Stowers. Hey, Akeem. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited for today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, Jasmine. Um, I appreciate your time. I want to be respectful of it. I have so many questions. I just want to get into it. But I start every episode the same way. I'm big on gratitude. You know, I think I think I think there's a lot of things in life to be ungrateful about. But mm -hmm. when we can be thankful, man, it just puts us in a good mood to start the day and finish the day. So give me three things you're grateful for today, Jasmine. Yes, I love gratitude too. Like every morning I do like appreciation practice, like where I like say things I appreciate. Um, but I appreciate my family. I have a um, one-year-old and I'm getting married in um, April. So I appreciate having like that dynamic. Um, I appreciate just like being here today, being alive, you know, because a lot of people, you know, didn't make it for today. Um, the one thing I appreciate is just, I appreciate like new beginnings and yeah. taking risks to get to where 
I want to go. So um, I'm grateful for for that. There's a couple new beginnings that's happening in your life. And I get I, I know the stresses of wedding planning. So we're going to talk a little bit yeah. about that. But so uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of change has happened in your life, Jasmine, since you retired. And one of those things uh, was motherhood. Right. Your son, mm -hmm. Jalen, is now in the picture. And while it's an exciting time, it's still challenging at moments at times because it's new. You're not really. 100% ready for anything that's new but what what has that process been like for you yeah honestly it's been hard <laughs> um we me and my fiance had moved to Florida and um we were nowhere near our family members or anything like that so we found out we were pregnant and we're kind of like okay panicking a little bit like okay do I have health insurance like do I have a job um how is it going to work out yeah. Um, so we literally just prayed about it and ended up working out. You know, we found I found a job and had had health insurance and we had Jalen. Um, and motherhood is like something you can't really prepare for mm. because it's constantly changing. Um, so it's definitely have been have been a struggle, but like exciting at the same time. And I feel like I'm just now finally getting to like a pace where I can get used to. Um, having like a child and like working towards like my goals and um, just doing things that I, I normally would have been doing if I didn't have a baby, but trying to fit, like fit in, like being a great mother to Jalen, but also like being a great person or, you know, actually like going for my, my goals and dreams. What does balance look like for you now? <laughs> balance. <laughs> balance is literally waking up making sure my son is okay. Um, <laughs> making sure he's alive. Like, That's important. <laughs> yeah. Like literally it's like my son. Okay. And then like, like anytime that I do get, if it's like 30 uh, minutes, like two minutes, I like utilize that to my, to my best ability. Um, so literally I'm like trying to answer emails, trying to plan like Instagram posts, trying to like figure out what's the best thing for our business. Um, anytime, any moment for that, but majority of it is a lot of work and a lot of like taking care of my son. Jasmine, one of the things that I don't think uh, people really realize or put too much focus into is um, self-image, right? Especially mm -hmm. when it comes to a woman's body. What right. has been some of the biggest changes for you in that format? Yeah, I think that was the hardest part because, you know, as athletes, we have like abs, you know, we look good. And I'm, I'm assuming, I guess you still look good now, but like, I guess it's a different way as a mom. Um, but the biggest thing has been like, your body does change, right? You grew a nine or for nine months, you grew a baby and your skin stretching and you have a little more weight on. Yeah. I think like, it's important for moms to realize like, it's okay to have a different, different body. I think I had something I had to realize because at first I was like, okay, I don't want my body to change. I don't want stretch marks. Yeah. And as, as time went, I'm like, but I gave birth to a baby. Like that's, that's a miracle. 100%. Um, So yes, I, I do have like stretch marks and I do have like um some loose skin, but it's like, I learned to love myself because of that and don't feel shame for that. Um, and I think it's too, it's important to have like someone in your corner who, who can say too, like, Oh, you're beautiful. Like that's yeah. beautiful. Um, and to get you do like, even those times in which you are like insecure about um, your new body is like, that's, that's still beauty. in <laughs> Yeah. Because whether, whether men will say it or not, they have the same issues as well too. It's just, we don't have to give birth. So it's a little right. bit different. 
right? Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's 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 still these learning lessons that we're all trying to figure out. Again, it's still new. And from what I've seen and from what you know Chanel has told me, you seem to be handling it very well, which you know, it, it it's uh life is a lot of ups, a lot of downs, and a lot of just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest lesson in this season of your life that you would say you're trying to learn or may have learned? Um, I think the biggest lesson I'm trying to learn still is patience Mm. and acceptance of like what is. Um, So I think if you like having a baby and having your mind like be going like like 100 100 miles per hour because one minute my son could be like on a couch and could fall or something and I'm trying to you know, answer emails or, you know, um, do something with my business. And it's like, okay, have patience. Know that like, once you take care of this one thing, you can get to the next and just relax. Because before like to, I'm 30 and I waited um, later on to like have children. And I was more like self-centered back then. I was like, okay, only me. So when it comes to like doing things now, it's like baby first, Mm. have patience and know that, it's going to be okay. Take your time, relax, chill, and just, you know, just get it done. Before we get into the track side, Jasmine, I have a couple questions over there, but you know, it, the, 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 when you're in a sport or in something that kind of takes away your energy for a little bit, you have to put that focus into that. And so for two hours, three hours, you're distracted by, you know, trying to work on your craft and trying to get better athletically. But then you got to come back to the real world, right? And that's when you see you don't have that distraction anymore. You don't have this to put in this focus. You got to try and balance it. On the days, Jasmine, where you wake up and you're just like, you know what? This this ain't it today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like this ain't it today. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I'm feeling everything. How do you deal with that? Because it, it, it's, a, it's a tough, it's an easy place to get to mm-hmm. and, and a hard place to dig yourself out of. How mm-hmm. do you? deal with that when those days come yeah I feel like as an athlete like you like I think it's 100% mental um because some days you don't feel like doing something or that and what I I do like what I like about your practice is like you do gratitude I think that is number one like when you wake up and appreciate just like anything that you you have in your life that that automatically resets your brain be like okay it's gonna be a great day like I can do it um, so I would listen to podcasts, anything to uplift me. I would meditate, sit with myself for, for like 10 minutes and just like in quietness, like relax, mm-hmm. you know, go through my day, like what I want to happen, say things that I gra- I'm grateful for and get into the mind. And then once I'm like, was out there doing track, I was like, I was wired, I was focused. And that kind of propelled me to have a great day um, in the end, because I already had great intentions in the morning, I already did everything I needed to do. So I felt more capable of doing it anyways. But I think a lot of athletes too, you have to realize like, you have to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, this is, you have to do it, you can't stop because yeah. every, every single day adds up to like the grand thing. Um, and there was there were days in which I felt like I didn't want to do something, but I knew if I stopped, that could have been like a, a two seconds or a second off or a couple like tenths of a second off my my race, you know, just because yeah. I didn't do that. So I knew like it all adds up to something bigger. 
I know one of the things, Jasmine, that has helped you in your career and has helped me in my career as well, too, is nutrition, right? I've always looked at all of the angles that will help me, uh, one, live a long life because that's, that's what it's about, live healthily, but also help me on the track. And and I started to see yeah. these correlations between people. I'm like, yo, these guys are eating donuts and they're yeah. eating this. I'm like, yo, okay, that they can get away with it now because they're athletic, but at some point, all this broccoli and stuff that I'm eating, it's going gonna, it's gonna to allow me to even the playing field. And one of the things that Chanel told me about it, and I was very excited about it. I was like, yo, how can we order, right? Was your new venture, uh, TJ's Health Bar. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about that, Jasmine. How did you get that started? And what's been, what's been that like running it now? Because entrepreneurship, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a task in itself, but that's an exciting yeah. start in a new journey of your life. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I bring that back to you, even as an athlete, when I like was running, um, like like what you said, like you change your way you ate, you saw improvements. I literally I majored in nutritional science, but I didn't change my diet until after I was a professional athlete because I was like, I need to like, get better, right? Like yeah. I was a little bit heavier than what I wanted to be. Um, I think I was like 20% body fat in college, which as a professional athlete, you know, you need to be like a little bit lower than that. So I literally, one thing I changed that made it the drastic difference was what I ate. So I literally changed my food and I saw like drastic difference. I started getting leaner. I started recovering faster from my workouts. And that propelled me from going from like 12, seven in the hurdles to like 12, three in the hurdles just by changing what I ate. Um, So I wanted to like tell people more about that. So I did nutrition consultations and did stuff like that. But I feel like people need more tangible things. They need to like see it. They need to like put it and eat it because if you don't do that, they're most likely not um, going to follow a meal plan. Um, so we came up with TJ's health bar, me and my fiance, um, and it's a like healthy Caribbean meal prep. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is Caribbean. He's from the British Virgin Islands and I have my background in nutrition and we came together and just put together like, um, this business of just like promoting healthier living, but making it taste good. So all the foods are prepared um, by our Caribbean chefs, which are from the British Virgin Islands, yeah. and it's tasty. Um, but it definitely has been a journey, uh, entrepreneurship, but it's like a great journey because like you learn different things in every like spectrum of like the business. One thing might this might happen, then this might happen. Um, right now we're in the stages of um, going to gyms and advertising for um, ourselves. And that's something that was different from being an athlete. You know, I'll go on track and all I'll do is perform. Yeah, um, yeah. That showed me, right? It'll but now nice. I have to like, yeah, now I have to go inside and then tell them about why our um, company or why our food is better than these other meal prep companies that are already established. But it definitely has has been a, like a journey. But um, yeah, we're very excited about how that's going to happen because right now we're, we are talking to a few, few gyms and we are getting into them nationally working with the clients. So it's been very exciting. Desmond, what's one entrepreneurial tip that that you would give to someone? Because, you know, my transition out of the sport, I have been speaking since I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. While I always worked on the craft, always was able to work on the message. I didn't know the business side of it. And that's mm-hmm. where I struggled with the most. Right. Especially how I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it on a bigger scale and a bigger impact. 
And I didn't know how to go about it. So I kind of struggled with that. But I eventually found my way to get a little bit more. But a lot of people don't act on what they believe that they're called to do or are led to do or want to do because there's something missing. And sometimes you don't know what you need to hear until you get an advice that resonates with them. What is one tip that you will give someone, especially as athletes, right? They don't think about retirement until they have to think about retirement. And by right, then it, right. it's a little too late. Mm -hmm. Well, it's never too late, but it, it, it starts to weigh in on you a little bit more. What's one tip that has helped you in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, definitely a journey. I'll, I'll say, I'll say start now. Um, before I even retired, I was um, promoting like nutritional and nutrition stuff. I was offering nutrition coaching, offering meal plans because I knew that I wanted to do that in the future. Mm -hmm. So start now and trust that you're going to make mistakes. Like no, no one's perfect. No one starts yeah. like off, like, like being the greatest, you know, like for me, it took like years so I can even reach professional athlete status. So it may take a while, but if you stay consistent, you have like a good message and you're actually helping people. If you're really serving people, like, your business is going to take off. It just may not be at the moment, but every, like every time you like have like something go wrong, take it as a lesson. It's not like a loss It's like, okay, now I'll know that this, this won't work. So let me try to do something else that will work so I can get to the next level. Like, it's all about like, you know, failing, learning, failing again, learning. So like you can propel to like the maximum, like success, you know? Um, so I think staying consistent, um, if something isn't working, figure out what works. There are people out there who have been successful, who had had results, see what they were doing, see what, you know, how, why their business was successful and literally like call them, mentor them, look at their YouTube, YouTube videos are free, everything. Like there's like keys to that. Um, so that, that's like basically it. Cause I, I remember when I was a professional athlete, like I wanted to, or I was a college athlete, excuse me. I want to be a professional athlete. And I literally looked up professional athletes um videos i looked up like brown or rollins and i saw like oh she did this thing with her leg i'm mm -hmm. like i'm gonna try that like any yeah. anything like you know success leaves um clues you know so like do that as well <laughs> yeah i mean it's one of those things where you take what works mm -hmm. and then you try to disregard what didn't and try to mold it to you um I'm a firm believer, Jasmine, that in order to understand the person, you got to go back through history and the timeline to see how it all began. So we got to go back to uh, Pendleton High School in South Carolina. From my understanding, yeah. that's where track <laughs> and field started for you, yeah. right? Well, walk me through that, Jasmine, because I've I've always been curious, right? When when someone picks up a paintbrush or a basketball or track spikes. What feeling did they get from it, right? Some grow into loving it, right? It just becomes something that they're good at. Or as soon as they touch it, they're like, man, this is it. This is what I could see myself doing. From your earliest memories, when you started doing track, what was those feelings like for you when you started? Yeah, um, I started when I was like eight years old, right? My parents put me into um, a sport, probably just to like, you know, do time and have fun <laughs> with like other kids. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I ran like when I was eight years old and then my coach noticed, oh, she's a little tall. I'm going to try to put her into the hurdles. So I started running hurdles at 11 mm -hmm. and literally probably the first year I ended up making like, um, nationals, which was kind of unheard of in like Pillington, South Carolina or Anderson, South Carolina is like very 
low key place. So I ended up making um, nationals and placing eighth place. Just like, oh, wow, she has potential in this event. Like, I'm going to keep keep doing it and doing it. Um, and I had a great coach at the time, um, KB Brown. And he literally brought me up from when I was like eight until high school. And this was like my summer, summer track program. Excuse me. So like, this is where I would spend my summers doing it. So I would work every summer with, with KB Brown. And he was really, he's a really good um, hurdles coach. Yeah. And he got me to the point in which I was like being viewed by um, colleges in seventh grade. <laughs> like wow. I was the number one, ranked number one in the country as 11th grader. And just by like staying That's consistent true. and staying consistent. So through the years of summer track, I would be number one in the hurdles. And just by like having like a mentor like him who like took me under his wing and provided me with like tools I needed, I was able to like consistently thrive in that, in that event. When you look back, Jasmine, because no person is an island. You can't do it by yourself. And sometimes mm -hmm. you don't know what you're capable of or what is possible until somebody may say something and you kind of think to yourself, okay, if they said something, then maybe then maybe I could be that. What were some of the earliest lessons? Maybe something that people say, right? Because our environment makes a huge difference. Maybe something your parents said, maybe something your coach said that stuck with you, right? When you are going through something and you remember this, okay, he said this. Like one mm -hmm. thing, one thing that my grandmother used to say before she passed away, uh, she used to say this. And I didn't really understand what it meant. Um, it had nothing to do with sports. It was more of a life thing where she said, Akeem, if someone does not take the time to get to know you, then you have all right to disregard what they say. But mm -hmm. what she was kind of telling me was, I guess it was kind of preparing me for, you know, all of the internet coaches that when you do your sport and the stuff that people were saying, like disregard that and lock mm -hmm. in. What do mm -hmm. you remember most about those high school times? Maybe something said someone, something someone said directly or indirectly that kind of stuck with you? Yeah, for me, like my parents are very, very supporting and very, very loving. So I I grew up in that, like that household of you can do it, you love, you know, try your best. Like I always felt when I was out there that anything that I did that I was okay because my mom didn't love me. Mm, um, powerful. Yeah. So even when like, there's a one point in which I wanted to quit track and I was like, I'm tired of this. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yes. I didn't feel long, right? And this was in high school. Mom was like, no, you're not going to quit. Like, are you crazy? Like, you, you can, you know, you better get a scholarship and you're going to be me doing great things. So I think like nothing in particular in what they said, but how their actions and how mm -hmm. they were always there for me. And every track meet, they always provided um, me with everything I needed and they showed love. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize that it's so important that if I can go out there and I feel like if I have a bad day, that I'll still be cared for and loved that made the greatest difference to me wow that's a great tip for all parents and all people right there it, it, it's important man like when you can run free and mm -hmm. feel like regardless of the outcome you're gonna be okay and right. a lot of times as people especially growing in certain environments we feel like we cannot have a bad race that's how i felt yeah I'm like you know i gotta get a scholarship there's no if mm -hmm. there's no ands it's a it's a yes and that mm -hmm. can weigh in on a young person and make what is supposed to be enjoyable, not enjoyable anymore. Mm -hmm. um, one of the places, Jasmine, that that I I was in the same conference and um, 
in the SEC, but I heard about you at LSU, and that's kind of where the track and field started to take off for you a little bit. But before we even get there, how did you get there? <laughs> yeah, I get there. Um, so um, I remember I was ranked number one in the world or in the country. Sorry for um eleventh grade, and I had scholarships from a lot of schools. A lot of schools wanted me to come to their Where school. Else did you consider? So my my visits, top of visits were Florida State, um, Texas A and M, LSU, Miami, mm. and I think I another one I can remember than the other one, but um, those were the top ones. And uh, I did my visits, and I went to LSU, and I just loved I just loved LSU. Like yeah. it was like Lolo Jones was there. They had you know evidence of like successful hurdlers, and they were powerhouse with sprints. Um, and then honestly, they told me it's probably the only school because in high school, I ran the hundred hurdles and 400 hurdles. They're probably the only school that told me that I only had to run hundred hurdles. I was like, okay, sign me up because cool. you got me. <laughs> I didn't want to do much. <laughs> yeah. So, so literally, yeah. So literally I was like, okay, they want me to specialize in one event. I can give all my energy into this. They had a good system. Like what I felt like they let me allowed um, their athletes to become like adults because there were a lot of programs that were like this curfew you can't do this can't do that and i'm like well you know i'm really function that way i like to like you know grow and you know on my own so they were the only one of the only schools too that you know they didn't have curfew for their yeah. athletes they allowed them to go through it you know make some mistakes here and there and then you know they'll be there to like you know advise uh whatnot so i chose there and I'm glad I did because LSU is like one of the best schools ever and the great um, in athletics and Dennis Shaver is like the best, one of the best coaches out there. Um, if you want to <laughs> run the hurdles or even be a sprint athlete, like LSU is it. Yeah, LSU is one of those powerhouse schools, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and whenever I go and speak to kids, especially in high school, we're making that transition. I tell them all the time, too, because it's a, it's it's not you shouldn't just go to a school because it's the name. Right. Because that may not be the best one for you. It may not fit your body type. It may not fit your workouts. So it's important to definitely do your research, but always look at the history of yeah. the athletes there as well, too. Because as we talked about at the beginning, success has a way of repeating itself. So mm -hmm. it's not always about the name. I've seen a lot of people go to big name schools and didn't have the success that they probably should have. But mm -hmm. Jasmine, you get to LSU. Um, I got to Alabama 2013. And I just jumped right into it. And I wasn't used to that. I wasn't mm -hmm. used to, you know, coming from a junior college in Barney Community College, where it was like 12, 1500 people. Everything is like three minutes within from each other, right? You could wake up at 855 and still make your 9 a.m. class. But then you get to, I got to Alabama and it was different because now it wasn't 1500, it was 45,000 people. And now I'm going into these classes and you know, I'm like, you know, these teachers don't care if I'm here or not. Right. I got this clicker that's saying, and I wasn't used to the fact of, okay, SEC's is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but you're leaving a week before. And your teachers don't care if you make up the classes or not. They're not going to feel sorry for you. And so mm -hmm. my GPA fell. And I spoke about it before. My GPA fell from a 3.1 to a 1.9. And I was just mm -hmm. like, holy crap, this mm -hmm. is a lot. And I was doing all of the, nothing changed, but mm -hmm. I wasn't used to it. Your transition, was it 
easy? Was it, did it take some adjusting? Like, what was that like for you just from a student athlete standpoint, not even touching the track yet? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was like highs and lows because when I came in, I, I struggled on the athletic side. Like I was a little bit overweight. Um, the coaches didn't know if I was going to make it to the next season. And that's how, that's how bad that they thought it was going to be. Um, as a student athlete, um, I feel like I was in the mindset of like, I got to get my degree, like this opportunity. Um, I'm getting this pay for, for free. And I was like, okay. Um, I didn't want, I didn't want to, um, get a, my degree in something that majority of athletes would get it in because it was easier, right. To, to, um, to have a degree that isn't as strenuous, but also, you know, so they can perform well on the track. Yes. Um, so Ashley was like, okay, I need to sit down and figure out how I can make this the best experience ever for me. Um, so I ended up majoring in nutritional science. So this had a lot of sciences. This had like a lot of effort for me. Um, but I ended up um, sticking to it and just studying and going to tutors and just like having that mindset. Okay, I want to finish with a with an okay GPA and still be a professional athlete. And I feel like, or I'm sorry, a student athlete. And I feel like I did that. Um, through my career as a 19 18 19 year old um young adult right we're, we're, we're trying to figure out a lot of different things mm-hmm. and i look back in my experience i mean you know i, I was very focused almost a little too focused you know mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a little too much for focus but i never wanted to be the reason why i didn't succeed and i didn't want distractions to be a part of that right. um, but how i grew up you know, I, I I felt like I grew up a lot earlier than most kids had to because of certain mm-hmm. situations. But during that time, Jasmine, what, what what was going through your head as a young adolescent trying to navigate through life? Because you're trying to, you know, one, on one hand, trying to be the best athlete that you can, trying to make sure you're on pace to graduate school. But you're also trying to live, right? Trying to figure out mm-hmm. who am I outside of these things? Mm-hmm. What do you remember most about there? What were you trying to find? Because sometimes people get lost in college. Yeah, for real. Like I, I'm kind of like you. I grew up, or I grew up in a really small town. Like I think I was like 200 people in our graduating class, and um, so moving to LSU was like, wow, it's a lot of people. Um, and I was very reserved, so I really didn't. I really took, took, took to myself. Like I was didn't go out. I didn't go to parties. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I kind of was laid back and focused on track and I I really didn't, I feel like didn't have fun or experience college like that until my, my junior year in um, college. And that's when I like had the most fun. I was free. Um, but it definitely was transition. Um, and it was a struggle for me at first because I was shy and I was to myself. Um, but definitely having teammates helped out, helped that out a lot because our teammates room together, related to like do team functions, which definitely helped um, compared to if I was going to a big university by myself and not really know anybody. Um, so I think that that team dynamic definitely um, made a difference. And even like me being more comfortable at a big university. Yeah, it's always good to to have those people around you to make it easier, but also staying true to yourself. Like right. I probably went to like five parties throughout my college year and each one of those ones were birthdays that my uh, team okay. convinced me to go because i was like yo bro i don't 
Yeah, I don't want to eh, do that. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh -huh. not, that's just not me. And they'd be like, bro, mm -hmm. but I always wanted to stay true to myself. Nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that, but it was something that was important to me. Uh, 2014, Jasmine, was kind of when things started to come together for you. I mean, a bunch of NCAA titles. And I think you finished, what, fourth that year at, at uh, uh, USA's? What changed that year? Because you said you came in, you know, a little bit overweight and it took you some time to adjust. And coaches, you know, kind of said, man, I don't, I don't know why we recruited her. She's looking a little suspect right now. Yeah. But then you started to go and you find your groove. What did you equate that year to? What changed? Where did the confidence come from? Why did you run better? Yeah, um, I feel like, too, it goes back to my freshman year, too, when I was um, a little overweight. And the coach was like, I don't know if you can make it. You need to lose weight. In my head, I'm thinking, well, I'm basically kind of the same I was in high school. Like, what made a difference? And I'm You're like, about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, if if I like, I know that I'm talented. So I had to like really dig deep and it's like, I can do this. Like, yeah. like you know, I'm Jasmine. Like I did before, yeah. I can do it. So I think a lot of like internal confidence and internal like you know work ethic. But when it got to my um my senior year. This is when I, I was con like thinking about being, being a um, professional athlete. So I was like, okay, I want to make it to the next level. Um, I need to get there. And I literally, my focus changed. I literally changed mm -hmm. my focus. I dialed in um, and was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so literally before I was like, I'm going to give it two years of me trying to be a professional athlete. Doesn't work out. Then it won't work out. Um, so during that time, I, I just had a stream focus and know that I wanted to get reach that goal of being an athlete because that's what my goal that I was at like when I was like eight or nine. I was like, be a pro athlete, be an Olympian. Um, so I know that it was my time. Um, I had all the training from when, you know, one of the best coaches out there. So put it together and actually go for it. 12.35, one of the fastest times of all time. And I also read before that before you even turned professional, you were thinking about, look, I don't want to do this anymore. You're probably you're thinking about just being a dietitian after school, but then you decided to continue. And what I think people don't realize looking in is when you look at it is from the outside looking in is they think every single athlete because you see them on TV means that they're doing well. Mm -hmm. Not always the case. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people who aren't financially doing OK and are trying to get there. Right. But you gave yourself two years. Why? Mm -hmm. um, because I've, I've seen a lot of athletes um, who would keep going and going and going. And like, I don't want to be like the dreamer, shutdowner person. But sometimes, too, I feel like God gives you like signs when it's time to move on to something else that, you know, you are better at or that you're destined to do. So I was like, I'm going to give my offer two years. I'm, I'm just focused on this. I, I literally wow. worked like a, jo a job that I was only making like $200 every two weeks, mm. but it, it was enough to pay for my rent. And I was like, okay, I'm fine. So I, I would literally go, I would literally go to practice, um, hurry up, get showered and then hop to work. And then, um, and then just this thing over and over again. But during that time, I was super, super lasered focused. So I would have a vision for it. I wrote down everything I wanted to see. I wanted to get a sponsorship by Nike. I would literally see everything. I would go home after practice, do my abs, making sure I'm like measuring out what I'm eating, um, the carbs, proteins, all that kind of stuff. 
and then I will go to um, my job and then come back and then go to practice. Super laser focused, like go there. And people on the team at the time are like, dang, Jasmine, don't talk to nobody. She's all, I got to go. Like, I'm on yeah. Time line. <laughs> yeah, this is like life or death. Like, either I'm going to make it or I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do it. I don't, you know, no option. So, um, so yeah, li- I literally was laser focused. I changed everything. And like, I even, I was, I was comfortable being uncomfortable for a period because I was super uncomfortable. Like, but I knew that if I gave myself my all, that it could either, you know, go big or something else will show up and I can go towards that route. But I knew that if I didn't give my all in that season, then I wasn't giving myself a chance um, to. Last two questions, Jasmine. And, 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 and this is one that I think, um, a lot of people struggle with too, because you feel like if you don't reach a certain mark that you feel like the whole journey has been washed. It's been a failure. Mm -hmm. You talked about the Olympics being a dream of dream of yours and you got very close on a bunch of times. Um, (laughs) When you look back at that, Jasmine, are you okay with how your career ended? I know you're struggling with injuries as well too, but that's part of it. Um, whether we like it or not, it's the ups and downs. But when you look back on the entirety of your track and field career, you may not have achieved the goal, but you, the complete goal. But there are some other things that maybe you didn't equate for that came in, but also who you turn into when you look back okay. at that. Do you think that you failed or do you think, you know what? I'm okay with how this ended. Yeah, I'm definitely okay. I feel like I'm okay because. I gave my all in it, in it and I met my closest friends through track and field. I was able to travel the world and see places that people have never seen before. I, I met my like, you know, soon to be husband through track and field. And it's like, you know, I'm really grateful for it. Um, there were times in which, you know, I wanted to reach a goal of the Olympian. That was like my major goal. And um, they're not time period. Um, for t- in 2016 Olympic trials, I had, I saw myself being top three and as a hurdler, you need focus, right? Ooh, but Especially in America. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And I was running and like, I felt myself like, yeah, I'm Olympian. And literally the last hurdle I fell over and, and it was like the worst feeling in the world. But I knew that like, I gave my all into it. So what other could I expect it? You know, um, it just wasn't, you know, meant to be. Um, but going to that, I think if you focus on not the like getting to this level, um, it's it makes experience not like fun. And experience was fun. Like, you know, like it, you travel the world and meet people, got sponsorship by Nike. Um, it, it was it was amazing, amazing career. And um, that's why I knew like I was time for me to be done because mm. my body, you know, didn't allow me to go anymore. So I'm like, well, this is it. Like, and I mean, I'm okay about it. I'm okay. And like having that mindset of accepting it makes it easier for when you retire because you no longer are like in regret or, oh, I just should change this. It's more like, wow, that journey was beautiful. Yeah, that's 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 how I felt. I mean, I mean, track track and field for me was never a dream of mine, mm-hmm. right? But it was something. It was something that when you do something, I'm a firm believer, whatever it is that you do, man, you got to do it to the best of your ability, regardless if you like it or not. And that's what I did. Right. right? And and when I look back at it, I'm thinking to myself, man, 
all I wanted track and field to do for me was to get my school paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything else to me was just a bonus. But when you work hard for something, hard work is a prerequisite for anything in life. It shouldn't even be something to say, oh, you know, work hard. You should know you're going to have to work hard. Mm -hmm. But a lot of things in life, man, the best things happen when we least expect it and when we're just trying to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jasmine, I finished the podcast the same way. Uh, They hear from me all the time, right? But from you, sometimes we wake up and there is something on our heart, something on our mind uh, that we we may not know how to get it off or have the opportunity to get it off. But you're closing out the show today, Jasmine. What is a message that is on your heart, your mind that you would like to share with the audience today? Um, I'll just say, be yourself. Um, you know, you are gifted with gifts that God gave you. And um, the best gift is to just show the world that you're unique. Um, and that will attract many things into your life if you just be yourself. Like there's plenty of people out there um, who try to imitate other people. But if you decide to just live in your authentic self, um, you will open up so many different things in your life. Jasmine, where's the best for people to keep in contact with you? And if people want to get some meals, which they definitely should, because I saw a jerk chicken combination there. Yeah, I was like, yo, we got to get that. <laughs> what is the oh, best yeah. way to, uh, uh, one, follow the journey, but also keep in touch with the business and how they can uh, purchase their own meal prep business and also learn about bettering their self from a health standpoint? Yeah, um, my Instagram is Miss Jazzy4. That um, is my personal Instagram, but I also do nutrition advice on my wellness uh instagram which is jazzy wellness um and then our tj's health bar um is our site for um meal prep creepy meal prep so come over there and follow us um if you have any questions let me know i'm happy to answer them also too if you want to order food you can do that on our site at tjshealthbar.com and 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 when they order it jasmine it it it, it can be from anywhere right no, unfortunately, no. Okay. So we serve Tampa surrounding areas. So, okay. so if you live in the Florida, Tampa, Florida area, um, we do, li- do deliveries there. But we are working. Our goal is to do it nas- national wide. Right yeah, locally in Tampa. Jasmine, thank you so much for sharing. This has been great, man. We could have a whole nother hour conversation. But, you know, uh, life uh, is going to lead us in a lot of different ways today. Yeah, so, Jasmine, sure. thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, God bless and have a good rest of your day.